welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, along with my partners in crime, Stephen Nover, and the big guy, Vegas Runner, nation's number one baseball money one handicapper in 2009. Was that okay, VR? That was great, Marco. That Thank induction. you. Thank you. Another consecutive week. The Good. emails went out. Uh, I was eagerly awaiting it, and it was uh, nice to see we sustained it for yet another week. Okay, so we're all right with just that introduction. We don't have to rename the show or anything to the. For now, no. But but uh, let's tell like it is. There's a lot of sports podcast shows out there, but only one right now could say they have the nation's number one baseball money winner on it. I tell you what, Stephen, it's just great to be, you know, on the same planet as this guy, isn't it? Well, I, I think some of the networks are missing out. They should be doing a reality show on Vegas Runner. I mean, that would be an awesome show. You guys know how humble I am. I'm just playing. Man. I it's, know, I know. It's just nice when you work hard and you see the results. It, it's nice. You know where it's even nicer to see the results when you wake up in the morning and check your bank your account, account balance. Yeah, yeah and, and, they, and they just keep growing and yeah, growing boy. and growing. All right, guys. Well, this is the week before the All Star break, so we're going to be talking about the All Star game uh, a little later in this week's show because uh, we'll be taping. Uh, next week's show after the all-star game so we'll preview that in the second segment the first segment you know this week we gave you a teaser about it last week and you know this is a very good topic and i think it's going to give us uh, some great uh, discussion and uh, i know that we got three guys in the room today we're going to hear vastly different uh, opinions on how to play run lines in baseball if they're sucker bets if they're value to them and how you guys deem them and uh i know we're not going to see eye to eye on this uh subject so it's going to be great conversation and um you know baseball run lines guys you know baseball uh, first let's set the table baseball everybody agrees is the sharps make the most money in baseball vr you've you've said that numerous times the books and everybody you talk to they fear the sharp action in baseball absolutely season. it was the funnest bet in football and some of our biggest bets were during football season and it was a lot of fun during uh basketball and march madness but i'll tell you the truth i went into every one of them seasons unsure of whether how good of a year we might have or whether it'll even be a winning year but i can honestly tell you every single year of my life that i moved steam i never went into a summer thinking we'd have a losing baseball season i never did i just knew no matter which guy we were going to be following that year you know whether it's mm -hmm. the kosher kids or whether it was you know the, the guys out here that everybody knows um it, it didn't matter they were going to grind out a profit and all you had to do is just not bet stupid and as long as you bet like they bet and bet like a wise guy um there was no way you weren't going to grind out a profit as well so yeah i, I say 100 percent baseball is the sport where most of the sharps make their money steven you're you're a news guy and you've had privy to talk to a lot of uh influential people around town you know sports book operators and such what's your sense of baseball you know in the city of vegas well, if you're just talking Vegas, um, they they get more square action with baseball compared to the offshores. Uh, uh, the bookmakers, you know, they really don't don't like baseball. Uh, you can see, uh, I think they they take a backseat to the wise guys. They try to protect themselves. A lot of these places have fifteen cent lines, even twenty cent lines, which is just ridiculous. But they don't care. They they purposely want to discourage wise guys, um, especially here in Vegas. They'd rather just have the, the tourists come in there and play their their parlays and lay the big price on, on the marquee pitchers. And so they they really try to discourage the wise guys, also with their limits too. No question about it. And, you know, with the squares that you say come into town and that, and, you know, really anybody in today's marketplace 
that bets a baseball game on a 20-cent line should be taken out back and shot. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, I'm surprised people still are doing like 15-cent lines and and not caring about it. I mean, honestly, I I don't remember the last time I've bet higher than a dime line in baseball. No, but the thing is, most squares play favorites, so to them it's not a, a factor. It's yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a factor. You're right. You're absolutely. The right. sharps play, you know, play the dogs, and if you give up ten cents on every dog bet that you 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 know you make, you're going to kill yourself. No, that's why every time when I give out because what my when I give out the plays, Marco, you know, because of the bet like a pro, I give out the consensus. So if it's one forty two, one forty ones, one forty sixes. I'll give it out 145, you know, mm-hmm. round it off. And I always, on, on the phone message, always say, you know, lay 143, five or better. Mm-hmm. Because I always know there's better out there. And believe it or not, just stop for one week and think. Instead of laying 145, lay 141. Mm-hmm. Instead of laying, you know, 150, lay 148. Add them two cents on every dollar over the course of a baseball season, oh, and that alone could be your profit. It's tremendous. It, absolutely. The big thing in baseball, why most people don't like playing baseball, the average guy is because you're dealing with a money line instead of, you know, a point spread. So, you know, in theory, it's easier. You just have to pick a winner. Well, the mentality, you know, and VR, if I'm wrong, you know, you stop me here, but the mentality of a square is they can't take an underdog to win outright if they're not getting a point spread you know it, their mind just doesn't work that way they you know, they're geared to play the favorites um so they just can't play the dogs and they're playing big favorites and you're going to get killed playing big favorites you, you can't lay 170s 180s 200s and survive in baseball now the alternative is the run line and the run line is the equalizer, whereas instead of laying 200 on a game, if you lay minus one and a half runs, in most instances, you're going to be around a pick em, maybe 110 at the worst. In a lot of instances, plus 105 or 110, laying the one and a half runs. Now what you have to weigh, you know, decide for yourself is, is it worth the extra half a run? And we're going to go around table we're going to talk about laying the one and a half runs and i'm going to get each of you guys's opinion on laying one and a half and then when we're done with that we're going to flip the coin and you can actually take the dog plus one and a half runs but what happens when you take the dog plus one and a half runs to get that extra half run cushion where you could actually lose a game three to two and still win now you're taking an underdog and making them a favorite on the line because you're laying a price to get that one and a half runs. So we're going to talk about it twofold. I'm going to start things off VR. We're going to go to you. Um, what is your interpretation of the run line? Do you play minus one and a half runs or do you consider it a square bet? Um, what, what's your take on it? Uh, you picked a fer- perfect time because actually yesterday I made one of my first run line bets in a while. Um, I myself... I understand the concept of run lines. I understand that it has a high transaction cost. That much I understand. Um, uh, just like we all know that uh, the casino isn't going to pay you true odds on a three-team parlay. You know, true odds might be seven to one, and they're going to give you six to one. So we already know that that it's a long-term bad bet for you. So I, I understand the fact that the transaction cost is high in run lines, but I'm not willing to concede and say it's a bad bet because of it. Just like the transaction cost is high in teasers, but at certain times a teaser has proven to be you know a positive expectation wager under certain conditions. And I think as a professional sports better. Every type of wager is ammunition. And for you not to have that ammunition on you is just stupid if it's based on, you know, preconceived notions and and undocumented, unfounded talk. You know, I, I call them betters misconceptions where everybody says, you know, this that's a square move automatically. And I'll tell you the, the truth. I've bet run lines as when I was moving steam, a play came in as a run line. So if they were willing to do it, they're not squares. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think there are times you could use it. For myself, the, here's when I use it. It's very simple for me. It's irrelevant whether it's a minus 220 favorite or a minus 130 favorite or a plus 200 dog. 
because for me, it all comes down to my projections. I try to project the final score. And for example, yesterday in the Dodgers, I had the final score, the Dodgers winning by two point something runs. So for me, it was a run line play. That is so rare for me. Usually these games, when I make my projections, they're always within a run. I'm talking the difference is like 0.3 run of a run, you know, 30%, one third of a run difference. Um, so to have that big of a discrepancy is huge. And, and when I see it, I'll lay it. And sometimes I'll find that kind of a discrepancy on a lower favor. So, I'll, uh, you know, I'll look to lay it there. So for myself, I think the run line's a good bet. I just think you shouldn't limit yourself and only use it when you see minus 200 and say, you know, I'm only going to play that game on the run line. Because in that spot, the run line may not be the best bet. And it actually might be the best bet on a game that's only minus 130. So people just assume they run to run lines when they see higher than 200. Mm -hmm. And I think taking that approach is the square approach, not necessarily betting run lines. Steven, what are your thoughts? Well, first, very good explanation, VR. Uh, I'm learning about run lines myself. I'm far from an expert on run lines. I don't play them too often. When I do, it's usually more with the dog, which we'll discuss later. So we're discussing favorites here. When I uh, uh, take a favorite on, on the run line, it's usually against a really bad team. Uh, I think uh, I've done it a couple times uh, fading the Nationals. Uh, the Nationals are so bad that when they lose, it's. I think they've maybe only lost once or twice by one run all year. I mean, these guys have so many ways of losing games. And so it, if I'm going to lay the, the, the one and a half, it's got to be against a really bad team. The one thing before you – I just want to add, and I'd like anyone um, to take this, any of you guys, anyone listening, please put up a thread – I was under the impression that 31%, 33, something around 30% of all games ending one run. A week ago, two weeks ago in the game and today, there was an article that stated half of the games. Someone did uh, uh, some research, and he now states half the games, 51%, land in one run. I'd like to know if anyone really knows what exa- what the exact numbers are because my understanding was 30, 33%. The last study I saw was a three-year study or four-year study, and it had shown 30%. Two weeks ago, I cut out that article, actually, well, and it, it, it said half. you got to be aware of the source there. I wouldn't trust anything that's in gaming today. Okay. <laughs> you okay. know, in about the, the posting form, again, good point, VR. We're here doing this, this podcast, myself, VR, and Marco. We're on the line. We're throwing out opinions. We're not always right, and, and uh, you know, you guys have the benefit of hindsight. But we'd like to see some interaction in the posting forums, especially on this topic. I know I have a lot to learn with run lines, and we have a lot of sharp posters on the posting form. A lot of professional handicappers, a lot of uh, sharp, very sharp recreational players, and kind of. Uh, pseudo handicappers and and I know that they would have good opinions on this topic so I would appreciate really seeing some some thoughts and opinions on this so I can learn my thoughts on run lines and I probably use run lines more than both of you guys combined during the course of the season and I only do them on the favorite and we'll talk about the uh, you know the dog scenario uh, in the next uh, part but to me the run line poses great opportunities when you are looking at a game where the line is a dollar seventy dollar eighty dollar ninety now uh vr you said that you know if you look only at big favorites you're looking at the game as a square if you only look at them that way yes but there's parameters that you got to look at um i used a run line last night it was on uh the red Sox. yeah okay now in that red Sox game uh, their opponent last night was throwing a left-hander. Boston pounds left-handers. They're scoring almost six runs per game this year against left-handers. So now I got a team that's going to score runs. Okay, that's what I first look at. I will not consider a run-line game unless my projection in the game for my team is that their offense is going to score five runs or more. Okay. Now, with saying that. Here's a parameter that you throw a run line game out. I'm not going to look at any game that the over under seven and a half right. or, or less because Vegas is already telling you this game's going to be a pitcher's duel. 
This is, you know, in theory, it's supposed to be a low-scoring game. So if you're looking at, you know, uh, the San Francisco Giants, for instance, with, you know, uh, Lynch Kim, you know, uh, he pitches great. He, you know, he's a stud. His totals are always going to be seven, seven and a half. Well, the Giants don't score runs generally. So you're going to be involved in a lot of 3-1, 2-1, 4-2 type of games. I don't want to have that type of game and be laying one and a half runs because my, you know, EV is not there. I'm, they're going to land too many times at one run, and you're going to get burned on the half a run. You want a situation where you've got an explosive offensive team playing an opposing pitcher that is either in bad current form or you have an outstanding situation of lefty-righty, like I talked about last night in the Boston game. Those are how I look at the run games. Now, to me, when I get a situation like that, I would rather lay a dollar twenty with a Boston team at minus one and a half because my probability factor to me outweighs laying two two hundred, two twenty, or two thirty on a game, which absolutely you cannot do. That's where I play the games. So I'm gonna want a situation, a good lefty righty situation, bad current form on the opposing pitcher, and I want an over-under that's going to dictate to me that there are going to be runs scored in the game. Those are the parameters before I will consider a run line. Well, now you guys can dissect that. Uh, the practice supports the theory, actually, and you actually sparked a, a, a thought in my mind. Uh, last year, I, I actually wrote a blog on this exact topic, and you hit it right on the head. The percentages do change based on the total. And if you want to go check out my blog on that, on pregame blogs um, uh, under Vegas Runner, I wrote a blog on run lines, actually. And I broke down the percentage of games that end on one run based on the total. And it's true. Games where the total is set at seven, I believe my numbers were around 38% land on one run. Where games where the total is nine and a half or higher set only 30 percent fall on one run so actually marco what what you said you know in theory it's actually true in practice also the numbers support that that the lower the total the higher percentage of a one run game so that means the odds makers have been setting pretty much correct totals when it comes to them sevens and seven and a half i have several questions for you marco do you play more uh favorites on the run line or underdogs, and the second part is uh, when you play favorites, uh, do you play more home favorites or road favorites with the extra at bat? I do. I play both equally, and, and I will agree with you that the road, having the road team, you're guaranteeing yourself nine at bats when you're doing a run line. But if I have a situation like uh, the game that we were talking about last night, to me there was just so much overwhelming that, you know, offensively. And things that I will look at too is bullpens. You know, if you got a, if you got a team that, you know, they're middle relief, if, if you're looking at a game where the pitcher you're expecting to get tattooed, which Boston hits left-handers well. So you're going to expect an early exit from that starting pitcher. Now you're looking at middle relief. And if the middle relief's not strong – you can build on your lead because the the one thing that you hate and it's frustrating and you see it so many times you knock a pitcher out in the third inning and then the middle relief comes in and throws four scoreless innings yeah at sure you. it happens all the time you know and then you know you got a four nothing lead that all of a sudden chip away's four one chip away four two you go to the ninth inning and it's four three and you lost it you know you yeah. lost the game those are frustrating it doesn't happen all the time if you got the under i guarantee it won't happen <laughs> the odds makers though they adjust for that a team on the road as opposed to being home on the run line you're going to pay a higher price laying a run and a half on the road than you are at home so that's all factored into the price you know you're not going to get a better price they know you're getting that guaranteed extra at bat in the ninth so believe me you're getting charged for it well this may sound like a square statement and if it does i apologize but again we're not talking point spreads the object is to win is to win the game yeah i don't care about price i want to win that's sure, how it's determined. Sure. That's the bottom so line. So I think people maybe can get hung up on price. Now, I'm not saying go late $2 favors, 
But I'm also saying the object is to win. Don't get you know so hung up on price when it comes to baseball. Yeah, I, I agree too. I, that's why I don't understand what the set and limits. You know, you just cripple yourself. Like I said, you you handicap yourself. If you say, I don't play run lines, well, I've got I don't a- tease, I don't parlay, I don't do that. You know, all I do is straight bet, same unit, like a, a sharp. You know, believe me, the sharps manu- make maneuvers also. This is a market, and in every market, you have to sometimes maneuver. You maneuver to grind because, the pro- you know, your edge is only so much. Everything is situational based. You can't throw out a blanket, I'm going to do this every time or I'm never going to do this anytime. You've got to take every situation. And while we were talking here, I brought it up online. Um, I don't have the exact totals for one-run games this year, but I have all of the team's records in one-run games. And we're at the halfway point. Most of the teams um, have between 70 and 75 games played right now. The lowest team is the Pittsburgh Pirates. They have only played 17 one-run games. That's the lowest. Out of like 70? Out of 70 to 75 games. Uh, The Pirates actually uh, 74 games. The highest one-run team is the Seattle Mariners. They've been involved in 34 one-run games. Okay, so that's that's, that's like... 45%. 45%. So I think that they're, figure they're way, the they're thir- way on uh, above. So I think that figure the, 30% is what I think I was right in the blog I wrote last year. And I think that article is incorrect. Most of the teams eyeballing them down are around 20 to 23 um, one run games out of right there in that 30% range. So, you know, again, proving Stephen Nover, knowing the, uh, <laughs> the newspaper uh, industry uh, gave well, I've me written, that. I've written for practically all of these models, <laughs> right, right, so I can know. tell you firsthand. It's, so, <laughs> I mean, there, you know, there's the interesting thing. So, you know, that tells you that 70% of the time, the games are going to be more than, you know, one run. So the, pick your spots. The one time I do factor in home or away, though, is if I'm going to take the run in a half. I tend to do so with a home team more times than not. And, and and believe it or not, you pay a lot for it because they're usually not that the, because of the price, but only because the home team, um, I mean, the, on the road team, excuse me, on the road team because you don't pay that high of a price, I'm sorry, is where I usually do it, not on the home team. And because a lot of times the home team's only needing the win by one. So usually if you look past the history of my bets, when I do take the run and a half, more times than not, I'm always looking to do it on the road team, knowing that the home team will stop scoring in that bottom of the ninth. Right. I'm I'm going to throw it out there, and I'm going to go to Steven, because I know I the two of you in a VR, you have said you've played both ways. But over the years, just my observation, I have seen you, as far as run line games go, you've taken the dog run line more than the favorite run line. Yeah, 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 okay. I think you're correct. And Steven, I know... That's the only one, basically, uh, that I've seen you do is take the road, uh, yeah. take the run line well, dog. Yeah, once in a while, I'll, I'll take the favorite if, if it's against the Nationals or something really bad. And, and all those scenarios that you outline line up, then I would. But I, I tend to do more of, of the dog. And, and again, I, it's sporadic. I, I don't play run lines too often. But one clearly stands out where I thought was a great spot to play the dog on the run line. If you guys will remember, maybe a few weeks ago, we had a pitching matchup of Santana against Carl. Carpenter, yeah, okay. and that uh, the total's seven, you know, right. uh, if not six and a half, and uh, that I thought was a great spot to take the dog plus one and a half. You figure the odds makers are calling for a four to three game, and uh, it, it turned out I believe the Mets blew them out, you know, and they were the underdog. So, um, uh, but I, I just think in, in those type of situations, and you had alluded to it earlier, Marco, where you've got such a low total i think there's there is very good value then in taking plus one and a half but but generally and correct me if i'm wrong and i'm going to go to vr for this because you're you're the guy in the streets in those low totals where there is a higher probability of a tight game you're going to pay a premium for taking the plus one and a half you're you're that's like that's in essence the reverse big favorite. Yeah, you're you're going to pay a higher price absolutely on on them lower totals to get a run and a half for and sure. I haven't heard one of you guys yet. I absolutely in, in my entire for thirty years I've been betting. Okay, I have never played a 
run line underdog in my life. Here's, 30 years. I've never played it because I have yet to see somebody sell me on the logic of laying the extra juice to get that half a run. And I'm waiting for one of you two guys to do it. Here's when I do it. This is the time that I take the plus one and a half. Again, for me, my baseball handicapping, actually, the, the method that I use, I've used for a long time, it's very simple. Um, and the bottom line is, as simple as I could put it, is it comes down to my projected final. Who's going to win the game? Okay, and like I said, the difference is so small. Because when you see in baseball – runs scored, runs allowed, it's usually a very small differential. They may score 4.4 runs a game at home and allow 4.3 runs a game at home. It's that small, okay? So usually when my projections are, are created, I have one team beating the other by much less than one run. There are these times where a team is, is favored, sometimes a high favored, a minus 180, minus 200 and my projection shows that the dog isn't going to win the game but the difference is so slight as in one tenth of a run i'm not going to lie to myself and say the numbers show me the dog's going to win because they don't and then what i'd be doing is going against a system that i think i perfected so to me that my my projection shows as tight of a game as possible but the the favorite sticking its neck out and getting the win in that situation when they're that high favorite for me to take plus one and a half and lay minus 110 minus 115 i have no problem doing as opposed to taking plus 170 if my when my projections actually show this team's not going to win i can't take make myself take a plus 170 if i don't think yeah. the team's going to win but i can take plus one and a half yeah. if my projection shows this is going to be such a tight game yeah. and when when uh, whenever i've bought the run line i don't think i've ever paid more than a dollar 30 to take plus one and a half i'm not taking plus one and a half when a team's a plus 110 120 dog i'm looking to take plus one and a half on them against them big favorites against them minus 220 chalks that i don't think should be 220 chalks yeah I, I, again that you're talking a road dog with two premier pitchers who's maybe the road dog is maybe uh plus 30 uh, you guys know the math better than i do so instead of uh getting that you're laying what a dollar 30 a dollar 40 to get a a run and a half and what figures to be a great pitching duel which figures to be six or seven runs most you're not laying two dollars no you know you're, you're laying a dollar 40 to get right. that I, I don't think that's too high of a tariff no. and when my numbers show that i'm not going to cash enough of them plus 170s to justify taking a shot on that wager as opposed to laying 115 to get plus one and a half for me i'm looking to cash a ticket yeah like i write in in, in the analysis I always let the guys know, as much as I would love to take this plus 170 and we're are ahead enough units we can do this, I would be lying to you if I told you it's the right thing to do because my numbers don't show this team's going to win. But they, it does justify taking the run See, in I've lost so many big. I've lost with so many big dogs by one run. Sure, how many times again, does it's, minus two hundreds win yeah, by a run? I, I know. It's not football. It's not a point spread. The object's to win. Well, but see, here's where my mentality is. When I handicap a game, and this goes to start with a point spread, in most instances, unless I get into a situation where it's a huge, huge dog, you know, that I'm double-digit dog, any dog that I'm taking that's less than a double-digit, I'm handicapping the game. If I'm playing the dog, I'm handicapping the game that I feel – that the dog has an uh, outright win. chance to win. How many game. plus one eighties have you bet this year? Um, I bet one last night. How many this year have you bet in the course of the year? How many plus one eighties? Uh, there's not a lot of them. That's what I'm saying. So you 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 already go in approaching the game that this team can't win is what I'm telling you. But it's a situation. I have to believe in the team. And in the game in point last night was Tampa Bay and Toronto. I took Toronto with the rookie left-hander making his major league debut okay now they lose by two okay the kid did what i expected him to do first time around the league he's gonna baffle the, the sure. hitters he played a great game i almost put two plays out in the game i, I liked the game under and i liked 
the you know dog. I don't like playing an under and a side in the same game. It just you know mentally You're I can't for different things. Yeah, yeah. You want it's like do you want them to score or don't you? You want them to take a it's lead, just, but not too much of right. a lead. I'm already on I high blood. Yeah, I'm already right. on high blood. So, so Marco, yeah. what was the name of that uh, Toronto pitcher? You, well, you know what? <laughs> then can you I spell did, it? <laughs> I did a radio show last night, and I and I I said I'm not even going to start because the guy has like eleven or twelve uh, you know letters in his name and only, not and one vowel. Anytime. <laughs> There's see, two vowels. Anytime, in the see, one one. anytime you see three Z's in a guy's name, <laughs> it's problems. Okay, it's, but I knew the guy was going to pitch good. Okay, and he did. <laughs> they went extra innings, tied at you know, right. tied at one, and then he lose three one in extra innings. That would have just, excuse me, busted my nut to lay a price last night to get it to, exactly to, to lose that game by you're, two you're, runs. You're right, Marco. But uh, the, the bottom line is, and we are looking at hindsight, that I think. Nine out of ten times, that game would have ended on one run. You wouldn't have got the home team Tampa to win by two in extra innings. So I think more times than not, you might have cashed the plus one and a half there. That's but all. Think- and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do what you do is successful. So by not taking plus one and a half, you haven't hurt yourself at all. So you know, and you shouldn't start looking for plus one and a half because your handicapping doesn't approach it that way. You look for teams to win. Right. You don't look for teams to be close. And I know that from learning from you about talking football whenever you bet a dog you were like ace i like them to win where me i would be like i think they could keep it within seven you're like (laughs) seven they're gonna win the game right and and i love that about you and that's why you find them big dogs and i tell you it's me i haven't taken one plus 180 yet this year marco i don't see it that way and and it works for you and i love that and i you know it's just the way i look at it and is just throwing one other thing out there, talking football. I mean, it's just around the corner. I've said it numerous times on podcasts here. And, uh, Stephen, I don't think we've discussed it when you've been on. But when I hear people take teasers in football and they take a three-point favorite and they tease them to a three-point three, dog, yeah. I, I just – I, I'm like, will you please call me and give me all your action? I will book it from yeah. here to eternity because yeah. d- just give your guy all your money now because you're you're gonna lose. You are such a square, and they go, well, I made the favorite a dog. Yeah. That yeah. is the it's a most, terrible play, most idiotic play. Yeah. You've lost no, you've, you've given up all the value. You're paying a premium to play a teaser, and if the team again, I, I gotta say, if the team's gonna cover plus three, they're most instance gonna cover when minus the, yeah. three. And you're, you're giving up one of your numbers, a zero. You Absolutely. know, it's you're just giving it up. You're giving the house the edge. You're, I've seen all those people at the poker tables. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what, guys? I really think I, this has been a high-level you know, discussion. Absolutely, you with know, a lot of good views and, and the, opinions. And I think everybody that's listened to this has their own view and probably a correct one because if you're betting and, and, and you're – turning a profit then what you're doing is working for you and i'm not telling you to change it you know and what we're just giving it is what's working for us and i want to see what other people guys that bet every day or guys that bet once a week how do they look at run lines? we we've got a lot of guys in the forums they're great guys they've got a lot of knowledge we've got our other pro cappers that i know listen to the podcast i'm challenging you guys to carry this into the forums i mean this is a very meaningful discussion i mean run lines are a big part of baseball let's carry this conversation into the forums i will answer questions further in the forums vr will steven will let's carry it forward i'm challenging you guys i want to see this thread blow up when we put the uh podcast up i want you guys to go and talk about this and tell us your views and what you think about run lines both the favorite and the dog in the you know plus one and a half and minus one and a half great great first segment uh we're going to be back in a moment we're going to preview the all-star game give you a little bit of thoughts there and our new popular thread uh we're going to have what's steven going to go off on this week so uh you know, I you know, and then we will give you guys the little update from last week's uh, pregame battle royale at the M. Uh, so that'll be in the next segment. And this is the pregame podcast sports betting preview. Uh, your host Marco D'Angelo, along with Vegas runner and Steven Nover, will be right back. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. 
Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Marco D'Angelo along with Vegas Runner and Stephen Nover. This is our second and final segment. Uh, we're going to preview uh, the All-Star Game in a moment. Uh, before we do, f- this is uh, my favorite part of the show. I have to give away RJ's money. We love giving away RJ's money. And uh, being that it's going to be All-Star a week next week, and we'll be taping after the All-Star Game next week. So we're going to give out our coupon today, and we're going to make that coupon All-Star 10. That's All-Star 10. Just go whenever you make a purchase at pregamepros.com. When you check out, you'll see in the checkout shopping cart, enter your coupon code. Just enter All-Star 10. You're going to get $10 off anything you buy. Uh, Your total order, it's a one-time coupon, and that coupon will be good through Monday. And now the new popular segment. It is the rant of the week, and we're going to go to the guy that just sometimes just, you know, he he goes off, and it's our man, Stephen. What is bugging you this week, my man? Well, these aren't major rants. Uh, I'd like to do the Astros again, but uh, I've already done them too many times. (laughs) These are just two minor rants, one sports-related, one not. Uh, My sports-related one is, is baseball. Florida Marlins. Hanley Ramirez, when this guy's not in the lineup, why do the Marlins even play? Why do they even take the field? They have no chance to win without Hanley Ramirez. Yes, I had Josh Johnson last night laying a quarter, pitched a fine game as he's done all year, another quality start. Marlins, no runs against Barry Zito. Ramirez not in the lineup. Bad play on my part. I take responsibility. But the Marlins, a joke without Hanley Ramirez. My second rant, um, Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's, Michael J- it's, it's Michael Jackson, <laughs> 24 that? hours uh, every day. Come on, give me, give me a break. Why, If they're going to devote all this time to Michael Jackson, why don't they devote some of the time into finding out what, what went wrong with this guy? I mean, a musical genius, um, great musician, you know, was fine when he was little. He was cute, and then he came up, and uh, he was still a great talent. Yeah, great entertainer, but he turned crazy. Why? What was his problem? Was it so much money? Was he just so sheltered? What was the guy's problem? That's what I'd like to read. If somebody can have an investigative piece and come up with that answer, that would be really great. Yeah, now reading. it's all about the drugs and what was it? You know what he was addicted to and what killed him. I hear you. Well, Stephen, uh, you, we gotta we gotta get him to calm down, and we're gonna miss you next week. You can like you know phone us in a you know a rant you know. I'll phone you a rant from Europe about how the people smell or something. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> how expensive the euro is. Well, VR, what do you got for us? Um, so? Things are good. I'm fine. Nothing to rant about. Honestly. Nothing to rant about. You know. No, I can't. It, I'm, oh, yeah, I am. A, yeah, I just thought it's actually. Uh, and I, he listens to it every week, my MGM connection. Uh, I asked for UFC 100 tickets. This is like the biggest UFC show this weekend because it's the 100th. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, He's acting like it's difficult to get, wow. and and as of today, which is Wednesday, I have not secured any seats. So I'm a little disappointed at that. I think I, I earned that. I've been here long enough, gone to enough shows, hooked you up enough in the past that I think he should have already called and offered UFC 100 tickets. You're I ranting about not being comped. Yeah, I shouldn't you know, have even had to ask. Well, then, you know, I'll segue into a rant. I, I'm still waiting for you to get comped, uh, you know, to call your little buddy Marco, you know. Uh, you know. I tell you a hundred times, anywhere you want to go, yeah, that I've know. used to bet, I bet at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for that one. Okay. My rant, and, well, before we leave, Stephen, you sure you don't want to rant about that guy that um, slow rolled you on calling you with pocket kings pocket at the kings. end of the the tournament yeah, Steve, at the oh, end when Steve looked back I, I'll tell you what when um, he went like that I I, went, I thought he was going to go at him I, I, I come in the next day I, I told RJ I said you know I said I never seen our boy so mad I he said snapped, Steve, Steven was mad last night this guy took like four minutes to call Steven's all in bet where Steven was making a move I mean and I even told Steven this is God's truth 
we're standing behind you. I did not see what your cards were. Mm-hmm. And, and he I goes, said, he's making a move. I said, nah, he's got I, it. I he's said, got he's got something. a marginal hand. I said, he's got a marginal hand. I said, and no way. Put, I said, Steve, don't go in without that. He's, he's putting a squeeze play on, which was the perfect play because that was the only guy that had chips. I mean, he, you were the only guy that had chips that could hurt the chip leader. And I said, you were putting the pressure on. And I said, the guy can't call unless he's got aces or kings. He, he, even if he knows Steve's making yeah, a move he here, he can't kings. call. And the guy took four minutes to to call call Steven and then he turns over pocket kings on Steven and I thought Steven was going to go through the roof. Steve came in he went third solid poker player I'll tell you that guys honestly just like his sports betting Steve's so like methodical and and every every move is calculated it was the it was the perfect move there was only two hands that he could Mm -hmm. call with unless he's an absolute dunce no it was was the great move it was frustrating because the guy was 80 some years old and uh and was drinking whiskey all night i sat I next to him at the first punch. table and he was <laughs> you know he was he was talking big i i mean uh he wasn't totally obnoxious but he you know he was talking big like you know like he i played for years and i'm a pretty solid player fine it shouldn't take you close to five minutes to make an automatic call and and, and that, that's what kind of got me bad i have no problem making a move and, and then running into kings hey that's poker it's a chance i'm taking but turn it over i mean don't take five minutes and give me some hope that maybe you're yeah, just yeah yeah uh, instant call but that uh, thank, was my problem. steve took us out to dinner afterwards class act Wanted good guy him. it was an awesome great night honestly yeah. i had a really good time i wish i I wanted to go tomorrow so bad, and unfortunately, I, I can't. But I was so looking forward to it. it was a and great I want I want to share with you guys while we were waiting for uh, you know Stephen at the final table. You know we didn't want to sweat him the whole time, and you make him nervous. So me and uh, VR we went on a little you know cruise you know through the uh, casino of the M. It was the first time to look that, at the talent you know to that VR <laughs> had seen the it. In the quote of the night, we're walking through and. This cocktail waitress is coming right straight at us, and VR get, looks at me, and he goes, good God, she could breastfeed a small country. Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Boy, you're taking VR through the M. You must have had him on a leash. That's <laughs> it. That girl, she could breastfeed Peru and Cuba. <laughs> God so, damn. So you give you give the M good. two thumbs up? Good Lord. Yeah, the so, so it's worth driving across country yeah, to come I had over to drive and hang across out with town, but the, you the, know, to the hang the out talent, with your boy. The, the talent was definitely uh, tier one for Vegas cocktail waitresses. Okay. Definitely right. top well, I'm tier. glad I didn't disappoint you there. And uh, my rant for the week, we're going to stay on the poker subject. Uh, we're going to go to the Rio, and it's I got like three bullet point rants for, you know, the first one, there's two rants, and it's to the same guy. Phil Helmuth has got to be the biggest jackass in <laughs> poker that they're, they're humanly possibly can be. I don't know if you guys – you can uh, YouTube it on the internet and see it. Absolutely sick. His Every year he makes an entrance to the main event. He comes in an hour to two hours late every year and makes a grand spectacle. And the situation this year was totally out of hand. He come in dressed as Caesar. They carried him in on – you know, they had the gladiators carrying him into the thing. He had 11 girls – the 11 representing his 11 um, bracelets. bracelets, okay? The girls were body painted with Roman garb, okay? So they're coming into the Rio, you know, naked girls, body painted, and they're throwing rose petals behind the procession. Are you kidding? The, Please no, I tell am, me you're kidding. No, I, you got to see it on YouTube. It is absolutely sick. The guy continually has to make the spotlight on him now sat i went to the rio on saturday oh me and my fiance Lori, and you know i'm trying to get her interested in poker and everything we went and uh they had the poker palooza you know expo very nice and they had advertised um phil helmuth was going to be there for a book signing my uh, horse trainer back in Pennsylvania, you know, he's been with me for 20-some years. Real good. His favorite poker player is Phil Helmuth. He would just die for an autographed Phil Helmuth hat. As much as I despise Phil Helmuth, you know, because my trainer's a real good friend of mine, me and Lori got in line. 
stood in line for 20 minutes. He was going to be there at 6.30. So we got in line 20 minutes early because the line started getting long. I was going to buy his book, not because it was his book, but what it was was a book about there was like a dozen different poker players in the book that told how they got into the, the thing. And to have the autograph, signed autograph, you know, book, you know, right, that's nice right. for your collection. So I was going to do that, buy my trainer a hat and get it signed for him, ship it back to Pennsylvania. A quarter to seven. Now, I've already been in line 20 minutes. We're waiting 15 minutes past Phil Helm used to be there. Guy gets a call, and then he gets on the mic and says, this is not going to be a surprise to most of you. Phil just called. He's going to be late. It's going to be 7.30, 8 o'clock before he gets here. Well, the Pocapalooza closes at 8.30. So he's going to be, you know, even if he gets there in time, you've got that whole line of people. It's going to be, you know. He cares. Yeah, yeah like you know, it just, how can you do that? How can you set something up? and have all those fans there that most of them like you. I mean, I stood in line and I don't. That's my rant of the, of the week. And the final one is for the management of the Rio of what happened on Monday yeah. just is inexcusable. A you know, at first I thought it was 500 That's people. That's 600. It's, it, the numbers are, are floating that it's close to 1,000, actually, of people that got turned away that had their $10,000 in hand, but they weren't prepared to handle all the people, and they sold out and turned those people away. And the, they ended up with sixty four ninety four total for the main event this year, which was only a few hundred off of last year, which is a, a great number considering the recession. The recession. Sure. But when you turn away the number that they turned away – and it's going to put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth because so Man, many you people waiting all year for this. Some of these guys they saved their money putting a hundred bucks a week away all year to fly from. And what, you know, right, it, it wasn't the you know wasn't so much the all the pros that got because the, the pros yeah, were in they're town. They're going to go to the next tournament. Dude. They'll be it's in the, Belize. It's next the average month. guy that difference? saved that, that had ten thousand and wanted to take yeah, his shot, dude. and he picked day four because. It's the least amount of time you're going to miss from work. Because if you play day one, A, you play it on Friday, you're not going to play poker again till Tuesday. So you wasted five days uh, you know, of missing work yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's them guys. So that's, that's those are the guys. Right. Now, on their part, I can say you, know, you could have reserved your seat ahead of time and sent your money in but you know everybody says i don't want to put up ten thousand if something happens and i can't be there and a lot of exactly. it's satellite too they just won their place and you yeah. don't know you know what you to something's months in advance and plus you're not thinking how are you going to get turned away how, but, the but world series VR, of poker they just won their satellite they just qualified ex yeah but a yeah. lot of these guys too it's the guy who every week out of his paycheck had his wife hold fifty dollars yeah. so he could play in the world series you know and and takes vacation from his work during it to come right. out here just to you tell know, that's that sucks, that's dude. that's my rant for the week but uh we're gonna go a little preview here for the all-star game and you know yeah, I'm going to set the table. I'm not a guy that ever really plays all-star games. You know, I don't play the NBA all-star game. I definitely don't play the football Pro Bowl because that's even I never more ridiculous because it's done after the season's over. There's, there's absolutely nothing. Um, the Baseball World Series, the only thing that you can say that means anything, and, and I really don't know that – the players really feel that strongly about it but whoever wins the national league or the american league is going to have the seventh game you know home field advantage in in you know the world series other than that it is it is you know a spectacle i had the privilege of going to a, a baseball all-star game a few years ago when it was held at pnc park in pittsburgh and it, it's an event i mean you're there to see all the stars I mean, the highlight for me of all the baseball stars that I saw, the highlight was seeing Alyssa Milano because she was there. Uh, I forget what pitcher she was dating at the time. She's dated so many pitchers in the major leagues. But, you know, I think it was Brad Penny at the time. But it's, uh, it, it's nuts, you know. I mean, it, it's, it's an event. And uh, I can't bet it, but we want to set the table for you guys because I know some of you guys do, and you want to have enjoyment. I game. 
VR you would bet is my mom used to say to my dad, <laughs> you'd bet two it. piss ants going across the street. You if know? I could handicap them, I'll, I'll bet them. Yeah, absolutely. If I could talk to one of the piss ants first. <laughs> get, get the inside. See how he's feeling. <laughs> Steve, you know, Stephen, it's funny. And, you know, and we're hoping that soon we're going to have some video podcasts too. And if you could just see the camera on Stephen Overwin, you know, th- this man, I mean, he's a journalist, he's well respected. And we're trying to bring him down into our level of conversation. And sometimes he just sits there and shakes his head and goes, I can't believe these two guys are talking what they're talking about. So when, when we get video, you're, you're going to see it. You know, he's like the father here saying, you know, children, behave, okay? Or I'm going to have to give you a timeout. Just bet the American League, right? Well, don't, don't bet the game at all, <laughs> I, I think, is, is, is the way to go. This is the time to take off. I mean, the way the sports – overlap guys you know this this is the only time all year where you can take, take off. off yeah I, I usually do i've gone there and i'm certainly getting out of las vegas yeah, and get, getting out of this heat i'm supposed to too. i'm not wasting any i'm not wasting a minute trying to handicap this game i'm out of here trying to regenerate we got the second half of the baseball season we got heavy football preparation this is the time to start laying the groundwork for that there are things to do and these things do not include getting involved with the exhibition uh, game fellas don't worry even if i do go away there will be a play in the system that day <laughs> so uh, don't sweat if even if you right. in cali on the beach there will right. be a well, play on the bridge. yeah though vr will be putting out the american league so uh well, what's this great play you're gonna maybe the total maybe the well total. what i'm gonna give you guys for the all-star so we actually don't have any free plays for you guys but i'm gonna give you some theories and again theories are just as good as free picks because if you if you use the theories and apply them when they come up it is a free pick, and here's a theory, and this has been a long-standing one. This is old school, guys, and I know, Stephen, you're going to have heard this before, but once they announce the starting pitchers for the All-Star game, if you find a starting pitcher that is making his first start in the All-Star game, so generally it's going to be a younger guy, it's his first All-Star game, this guy gets pumped up and he's excited. It's, it's like Christmas. Go against him this weekend in his last start because he is not going to have the mental focus that he's had all year that earned him that all-star bid. He's going to be excited, looking forward to Tuesday, you know, playing on the national stage. And because he is an all-star pitcher, in most instances, he's going to be a favorite. And because he's having a great year, he's going to be a a solid favorite. If you go against all these guys in the first situation, if you get, you know, if there's one, two, three, four of them, you know, all you got to do is break even playing dogs and you're going to profit with this theory. Uh, You guys got any thoughts on that? I think that makes a lot of sense because their mental preparation is going to be off too. Instead of uh, going home, now they've got to reroute and make travel plans to go to St. Louis and depending on the geographic location, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's definitely one of those common sense things that you, you should factor in. I agree, Marco. That's a good one. Well, I am sometimes the voice of reason, contrary to what Stephen believes. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, this has been an, another great podcast. I want to thank you guys for coming in every week and you know sharing your talents with you know our forum uh, listeners and podcast listeners through iTunes and everything. And we've got you know I, I'm just going to whet you guys' appetite. We got big things planned for football season, and there's going to be so many more podcasts and surprises for you guys. This is just going to continue to grow, and uh, let's get your feedback. I want you guys to enjoy the All Star break. You know, you guys take a couple days off. Steven, you're we're going to be missing you for a couple weeks. Uh, enjoy your trip. Um, take care. Um, don't worry while you're gone. I'll dominate the uh, tournament at the end. You know, you know, I'm, you know, when he's not there, you know, I've I've cashed twice. You know, when Marco's he, my lucky charm. <laughs> yeah, I'm his lucky charm. But I, you know, hey, get a free meal. You know, and we all know Marco loves this free meal. So, uh, guys, have a great All Star break. We'll be back next week, um, normal time for the podcast. And this is Marco D'Angelo along with Vegas runner Stephen Nover. This has been the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. Talk to you next week.